You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. He's the Reggie Dunlop, maybe, of the CFL. He's the player coach. Oh. <laughs> hey, Hanrahan. <laughs> I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do. Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable. Ready, set, Yeah, we're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra with Brazilian Thai. As always, Thai, it continues to amaze me when new listeners uh, discover the podcast season after season. I mean, it's easy to take for granted. You'd think, you know, everyone that found the show has found it. And if they've chosen not to listen, there's probably a good solid reason for that. Uh, (laughs) But I guess uh, I guess we should say that you are not actually Brazilian. Um, You earned that nickname because of a certain type of uh, wax. Yeah, Uh, and it inherently made me a very angry person. Which people is that the moment? No, no, God, no. <laughs> All you need to know about Ty is that he hates everything. That's fair. That is very fair. And I appear to love everything, but it's just... It's, An act. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how, how do you feel about 5.30 a.m. recording? Not good. <laughs> Not, yeah, I can't even yeah, hide yeah. that one. No, <laughs> uh, I gotta let you know about Pod Power because our our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to your forest. It's a podcast about the natural world. Hear stories about the environment, renewable resources, conservation, forestry, hunting, fishing, more. This is a podcast for those who cannot live without the joys and wonders of all wild things. Find your forest wherever you get your podcasts or at yourforestpodcast.com. That's yourforestpodcast.com. In the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. All right, uh, the ratings are in for week one. The Ticats and Bombers had a 30% higher rating than the 2019 season opener. Now, when you see the uh, individual rating for each game, maybe the picture isn't as rosy. Um, overall, uh, the four games through week one, uh, there's about a 1% higher rating than 2019, which... In this age of ratings dropping all over the place, is actually mm. really positive. The Saturday games did struggle a little bit. It seems like during the the pandemic era, people are enjoying their weekends more than ever, and they're not going to sit home on Saturday night and 
quite frankly, watch anything. <laughs> so th th that's not the biggest surprise in the world. But uh, after a long time away, <laughs> it's nice that the, these numbers come out because it was a worry, I think, of a lot of people. Yeah, and I mean, gate-driven league, we've pounded that in to our heads so many times. But, I mean, the TV numbers still matter somewhat because you can only get so many people in into a stadium, right? So, you know, the fact that it did go up is 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 something that shouldn't be taken lightly. I mean, yeah, it has been two years, so you would expect the numbers to bump up a little bit. Uh, but, too, like you said, on the weekends, it's tough. Especially this weekend, you had Olympics. Uh, right. You know, the the Jays, the the UFC had a like it was a it was a busy weekend, uh, and so you know for the numbers to come in and as a whole be higher, uh, it is great to see. I got to give a shout out to the Ottawa Red Blacks here. Um, <laughs> Tyrell's favorite franchise in this beautiful, <laughs> wonderful league. Um, but you have to admit that photo of Abdul Kana of <laughs> the Red oh, that's great. at Commonwealth Stadium. Um, he's standing there in all his glory. There are fireworks shooting into the sky. There's the scoreboard there with their win over the Edmonton Elks. Well, the Red Blacks, not missing a beat, put this photo on a shirt. <laughs> And I've spent money on some stupid stuff. <laughs> okay, well, what do you think about this? But if, <laughs> if you think if you think that shirt is not showing up at my mom and dad's later next week, you got another thing coming. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em, and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. Thursday night football, the BC Lions are in Calgary. It's actually BC's 100th visit to McMahon Stadium. The, the last line I saw, the Lions were half-point underdogs, which... <laughs> is generous. Yeah, I I was kind of blown away by that. The over-under set at 47.5, and, a half, and uh, the Stamps coming off a sweep of BC in 2019. BC, it really comes down to who's going to play quarterback. Um, mm -hmm. Just bizarre coaching in, and the line has been updated. Uh, BC one and a half point underdog, still uh, quite uh, generous in my opinion. So but yeah, back that's back to the original line. Right, so, right, right. I, mean, I, I think they realize what's going on. <laughs> it, yeah, but like you said, still very generous. Yeah, it's it's all fluid with the 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 Mike Riley Michael Riley situation here because. Well, week one was was weird. Um, it's clear he, he's calling the shots here. Uh, he's the Reggie Dunlop, maybe, of the CFL. He's the player coach. Ooh. <laughs> hey, Hanran. <laughs> I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. <laughs> um, so he can't go at the beginning. Uh, he can go when they're down 31 nothing. And almost lead a comeback. And then he can't go when the game's on the line in the fourth quarter. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was it was weird. He's been limited in practice so far. It's still the elbow. And then Rick Campbell saying that rest is not the answer for this for this injury. Basically, he needs to keep that thing moving. Activity is what's going to happen here. I you can't trust him having in a fantasy lineup. No. He's they're saying he's a game time decision, but it seems like this is something that could change drive by drive, never mind uh just at the beginning of the game. Even if he starts, he's not going to there's no way he plays the whole game. If it's like it was last week, you you can't throw the ball more than 10 yards with a spiral. Like I mean, yeah. Nathan Work's going to see time. Now, if you think Nathan Work is going to see the majority of snaps and you think that Calgary's defense full of, you know, guys in the defensive backfield that can basically cover anybody and pick off any quarterback in this league. If you think Nathan works and have success against them, then by all means start him for 2,500 bucks. But here's the thing. What kind of success does he need to have to bring back a profit for 2,500? Like I'm saying, if he gets nine or 10 points, then but you're able to load up, then it's worth it. He's in my lineup if you're able right to load now. Load up at other positions, yeah. <laughs> well, I figure I the minute the minute lineups were allowed to be set, I knew Nathan Work was going to be in your first one because he was twenty five hundred dollars, and you're a cheap Ukrainian. <laughs> so I, I started playing. I must have had six hundred different combinations, and then I ended with him back in my lineup because at twenty five hundred dollars, if he's the lowest scoring player on my team and it's double digits. I'm I'm happy with that as long as the stars that have been able to load yeah. my lineup with do uh, end up end up performing as well. Not only is it a possible quarterback by committee, maybe the running back situation is too. James Butler had a nice fantasy day in Week One. He's still priced at twenty five hundred dollars. Shaq Cooper is not on the injury report. He's still on the one-game injured list. So you're just going to have to wait for the the depth chart for that one to see who's going to be carrying the load. But I don't know if I trust either of them, really. Toronto couldn't get the running game going against Calgary at all. No. Uh, with with Butler, I mean, a quiet week, but I mean, he still put up the second most fantasy points in the running back position. Just the numbers weren't gaudy, right? Uh, you know, they just kind of plugged away and were able to get seventeen point one out of them. Uh, it, it's a tough sell. Yeah, like he's gonna be real cheap. If you can put Nathan Work and James Butler in your lineup, I mean, you can load up literally every other position. And it's it's not terrible, it's not terrible. It's not great. I was it's not terrible. I was trying to get Brandon Banks in a lineup, but at this point, he's basically four thousand dollars more than anybody else, and not worth it. No, until he starts producing. Although the the week that he does produce, he could put up forty points, and that's not yeah. <laughs> an exaggeration. And we've seen the. Rough Rider coverage breakdown 
Um, <laughs> so, is it this week? I don't know. We will get to that. It, it needs to be mentioned that Riker Matthews, offensive lineman for the BC Lions, has not practiced as of this recording. Monday, Tuesday, did not practice. Either way, uh, a blow a little bit to the BC running game, which I, I'm guessing they're going to want to try to get going here against Calgary. And Mm-hmm. With with Nathan Rourke looking to get his second start, I mean, you gotta wanna support the young quarterback any way you can. Uh, a running way, running game's a great way to do that. Take take so much pressure, yeah, so much pressure off of a quarterback. Uh, I mean, Calgary's defense is nothing to shake a stick at. Like they they're gonna be coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one way, one way to one way to defend that is with a great O line. And if you don't have that, which I mean, we're yet to see uh, how BC is going to. I mean, it's been one game, but is to throw them off with a run, with with a decent running attack. I mean, what do you have last week? Seven carries. Yeah. Not great. Not not not. But at the same time, they were down thirty-one to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> the game flow. I, I don't I I don't see that happening this weekend. But then again you look at it, uh there's Hergy Mayala, there's you know, Kamar Jordan, jo- like they could they could easily be down thirty one nothing in the first half again. <laughs> that that's true, but the Lions could easily just say we had the stamps right where we wanted them. <laughs> yeah. Oh perfect, yeah. <laughs> Uh, consider the source here, but the stamps were for sale. <laughs> like it, it's news to literally everyone in the CFL. But then the more I I thought about it, they're they're a part of the the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Group, right? And mm-hmm. in Calgary, they're almost just a footnote. To the Calgary Flames. And I remember that whole uh, proposal with an arena and a stadium. And the arena for the Calgary Stampeders was basic, or it was a field house, which for a franchise of that caliber, yeah, I, I guess when I think that's of, not ideal. When I think of field house, I think, you know, of bleachers with 400 people that, you know. <laughs> You can push into the wall, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> you go to Junior A training camp games at yeah, just two ice rinks on one side and two indoor soccer slash volleyball slash badminton slash futsal slash handball court on the other side. I, I don't think it's something that would just come out of thin air, so it is a situation uh, no. to watch. But I would also watch the source behind that news no no uh jamar wall at practice uh in the defensive backfield for the calgary stampeders being Uh that it's a short week it might be tough for him to get into the game tonight veteran presence in uh in the secondary in calgary that uh that might have a Brian Burnham, a Lucky Whitehead, Lamar Durant and company licking their chops a little bit. A little bit, but at the same time, like you said, short week. Yeah. Uh, it could just very well, like, I know they list stuff on the practice uh, thing as to what it is, but he could just be nursing that and 
could be, you know, in for the game, just can't really do much right now, needs to rest up. But if he's not there, that that does leave the door open for some big numbers from the BC receivers. I do like uh, Josh Huff, and I think I'm going to be liking him all season long, especially if the price stays where it is. He led the Stampeders in targets. He ended up having to mm-hmm. leave the game. He was practicing in full. And, I mean, if Kamar Jordan is able to <laughs> be what he was before he was hurt, and let's let's remember – he didn't get hurt in 2019. He got hurt in 2018. And yeah. his week one, it was like nothing ever happened. If he keeps playing mm-hmm. like that, there's going to be lots of room for Josh, Josh Huff to have a very nice season. Absolutely. Kamar Jordan is going to garner a lot of attention from opposing teams' defenses. Uh, you, you went five for eight, 85 yards last week with a touchdown. Like It's not something you can ignore. Uh, and, and teams know what he's done. Uh, and you still have Marky Tamble, Sergio Mayala, Joshua. Like, I mean, there's so many opportunities for other guys in this lineup to have favorable matchups. And, you know, week to week that could change who it is. But, I mean, Josh Huff with how fast he is and, and if he can uh, if he can get in sync with Bo Levi Mitchell, I mean, it's, it's pr- going to be pretty easy for him to put up some numbers in some weeks. <sighs> I've I've been finding running back a bit of a challenge, um, because hey let let's let's make them all cost ninety five hundred bucks and just hope you pick the right one because that's basically <laughs> what CFL fantasy has done to us. <laughs> well, you need to you need to be sure that the guy that you're going to put into your lineup is going to get used and well, yeah. Kadeem Carey seems like especially a, in the second half. He's. He, <laughs> hey, Saskatchewan. Um, it, it seems yeah. like a pretty good bet that he's going to be getting the workload as long as he stays healthy. Now, he had the 18 mm-hmm. carries in week one. The fumble in the fourth quarter was big. He'll need to... That, do, that does not endear you to a coaching staff. Yeah. He'll he'll need to make sure that he he kind of gets rid of that issue. But if he's going to get... 18 carries a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a nice little bet there for for Calgary here. The the numbers will follow at 18 carries. Yeah. I mean, the yards will come, touchdowns will come. Uh you know, and if he's on the field for 18 carries, he's on the field for the majority of the snaps as the feature back, he's got a chance to catch some passes out of the backfield. I, like I think it's pretty safe to say that he is a number like he is the number 1. I I, I think there's him, Powell, James Wilder Jr., uh, you know, BC is up in the air right now. Who knows what's happening with Shaq Cooper? Uh, and Winnipeg has Oliveira, I mean, who has stepped in right in with, and took over for Harris. But, I mean, Harris, obviously, a number one. But in the West, like, I mean, it seems like the last couple of years that running back has just been a revolving door, and it's kind of whoever can do the job that week. But I think teams are starting to realize that maybe they need to find a guy who can carry a workload and, and put up numbers and be consistent. Uh, you know, he fixes the fumble issue. I mean, I know it's only one, but it that still doesn't look great. Uh, you know, and he can, he'll be able to keep his spot in the lineup pretty easily, I think. You've crunched the numbers, basically taking a look at uh, a player's career in fantasy against a certain opponent, and one that stands out mm-hmm. to me is Lamar Durant 
He had double-digit targets for the Lions in Week 1 against Saskatchewan. He averages just Mm -hmm. under 20 points a game against the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, He might be in for a big season, and maybe they're going to be looking uh, his way a lot on Thursday night football. The the only issue he had last week was that his catch percentage was under 50%. Yeah, that's not ideal. But that can't also continue that way, right? No, that's like in the NHL. Oh, their shooting percentage is too high. There's no way they sustain that. Well, they can sustain it for a season. But I yeah. think if his, <laughs> yeah. if, his, if his catch if his catch percentage stays below fifty percent, I don't know how many targets he's going to keep getting. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that is definitely something to watch. Hergie Mayala, he only played BC what twice in his career. Twenty one point three points averaging against the yeah. Lions. Is that is that good? That is good. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that is that why he's in my lineup this week? Oh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> know what I mean? Know what I mean? <laughs> now, I'm I'm just going to say this: the Calgary Stampeders are my lock of the week. Wow, really out on a limb. Ah, I don't know. Mind you, we would have said we would have said that about Edmonton last week too, and how'd that turn out? Exactly. So it's. It's not really an obvious statement here. The the only reason I say that is because the next three games, I could see them going either way. Um, Mm -hmm. The Toronto Argonauts are eight-point underdogs heading into IG Field tomorrow night. And uh, look, I I think eight points is kind of a a juicy one <laughs> if you, yep. you want to throw some money on Toronto. These two teams split the season series in 2019. Winnipeg was actually Toronto's first win. They beat them 28-27 after starting the season 0-6, which uh, I remember that game. I, I still can't believe that it happened, but... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're basically exactly two years after that game, and it, it it's still it, one of the reasons why Pickham in the CFL can just be all over the place. Uh, the Argos end up releasing Chandler Worthy. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up somewhere else. Uh, I just got to think uh-huh. the the receiver depth in Toronto that that just made uh, no room for him on that roster anymore really oh yeah i mean i i think that is 100 percent what it is uh he's not gonna come in and you know be a world beater for you but he can come in and add depth can add that fourth fifth option in an offense whereas in toronto he was not gonna get that opportunity mcleod bethel thompson gets the start again that one not really well it's not surprising at all i mean the guy goes in mcmahon stadium gets your team the win, yeah, you're going to keep rolling with him for a little while here. At what point does it become a story, or does it become a story at all? Because I think a lot of people uh, like Hamilton's chances this year. The fact is they have two quarterbacks with CFL experience, but uh, if the Argos are able to uh, remain with their two quarterbacks with CFL experience, that's a great thing mm. for the team as long as they can keep them together, right? McLeod Bethel Thompson starting, not a surprise. But, and we've seen what he's been able to do. And if they have two starting quarterbacks, I know we always say you don't have, if you have two, you don't have one. 
but yeah, <laughs> it's a great insurance policy to have if you got two. And if they if they if they keep winning, there's not going to be any controversy, right? Yeah, w- winning solves a lot of problems, my friend. Yeah, as an other fan, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> uh, offensive lineman Philip Blake has been limited in practice. He ended up getting banged up in uh, the Calgary game, so they were kind of rotating at center. Peter mm-hmm. DeCastro, the rookie, 22 years old, might get the start. And that, that's the one position you don't want to have a rotation in on the offensive line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be something to watch anyway. Dinwiddie says that uh, he's not concerned and that Blake will be able to go, but we've heard that mm-hmm. before. Um, yeah, Mike, Michael Riley was going to go, was yeah. good to go week one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and you look at some injury issues on uh, – the Winnipeg side of the ball, <laughs> Toronto might be saying, okay, if some of their guys can't go, maybe the rookie, this might be the time, if there was a time, for mm-hmm. him to step into the starting lineup. Yeah, that that if, if the Bombers' depth chart looks like the practice, yeah. or, the practice <laughs> or the injury report from practice, sorry, and it, it kind of lines up with that, then, I mean, this is a chance. Yeah. Now, this is not ideal either. If you want to get a running game going, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the last team you want to play. Uh, no. You, you, you probably would like your veteran lineman and Philip Blake playing. They couldn't get mm-hmm. John White going against Calgary at all. If there's a running back position or a running back I want to avoid in Week 2, it's probably John White. And for that matter... And I, yeah. I and I know maybe the Bombers will have some big rushing games against them this year, but I don't think I want to risk it at will all. Will they though? Will they though? They might not. <laughs> and you know what? I Chandler Worthy getting released. Maybe Ricky Collins Jr.'s performance in Week One is part of that. He had 126 mm-hmm. yards. It would have been mm-hmm. a much nicer day if he didn't fumble after an 81-yard gain against Calgary? Yeah. Is is he the receiver flying under the radar here all of a sudden? Because if if defense has got to focus in on Daniels and Rodgers and Breskison, Collins Mm -hmm. can just feast every single week? Yep. Yeah, I think, you know, we look at a depth chart and you kind of have an idea who's slotted where and what option they kind of are in the offense. And, I mean, Toronto has three number ones. They do. <laughs> right? Uh, teams are going to have to pay attention to that, and that's going to open up opportunities for guys like Ricky Collins, Ricky Collins Jr., like we saw last week. And, I mean, if, if that continues, his price is going to go up, so you better get him while he's cheap. Pad, pad your numbers early. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers still know Andrew Harris. Darvin Adams or Kyrie Wilson at practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I I know this, and the Bombers did this last year too. Mike O'Shea has done it. He's not really hesitant to give veterans days off at practice, but the fact that Harris, nope. Darvin, Kyrie Wilson haven't really gone at all, that is, that's still a yeah, concern. Not even, 
Not even in a limited capacity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, defensive back Josh Johnson got injured in the second quarter against Hamilton. He hasn't practiced this week yet, and they did a. They've had to do a shuffle in the secondary on defense with a rookie Josh Miller lining up at field corner. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's a situation that uh, Dinwiddie, uh, Bethel Thompson, the Argos want to. Uh, want to exploit a little bit here, but it has to be mentioned, Willie Jefferson has been limited at practice. And the the reason I, I'm i not concerned about his availability on game day yet, he didn't practice on the final day in week one. Yeah. I think O'Shea knows even if Big Willie doesn't go or not doesn't practice, he'll still be able to show up on game day. Yeah, it- Go get the quarterback. Yeah, we're talking about that, practice. That's, that's the game. We're talking about <laughs> the best defensive player in the league right now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think he'll be fine with a day or two off of practice during the week. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously watch the depth chart, but uh, Toronto would be happy to see uh, Willie get week two uh, off. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you'd, you'd hear any complaining from that side of the football field. Yeah, yeah, and I, I also don't think the Bombers really have much to worry about as far as Andrew Harris goes because Brady Oliveira, we, we talk about usage with running backs, 22 carries in week one, and he's costing mm-hmm. $4,500. I don't see a scenario where I wouldn't have him in my lineup. You keep talking about guys that are in my lineup, and people are going to start picking them, <laughs> and my my score is not going to look nearly as good because everybody else is going to have the same score. <laughs> the, 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 the more games we talk about, the more of Ty's lineup we reveal. I love it. I like Nick Dembski this week, too. Uh, he was actually the leading receiver. On the team yeah. in week one, he only beat Kenny the King Lawler by by uh, one yard there. But this is a, this is an interesting question. How much more do you need to see from Zach Kalaros to consider him in uh, your fantasy lineup? Because it's been a while where even though the Bombers have been able to win games, as far as the passing game goes, it hasn't been mm-hmm. uh, the most exciting uh, offense in the world. But I think Kalaros and his his performance in week one was encouraging. Encouraging, yes. I'll give you. I'll give you that. I can give you that. Um, wasn't what you would want if you did pick him to be your starter. Uh, for the most part, I mean, two hundred seventeen yards, two touchdowns, nineteen points. The, the points are there. It was top three. Like 19, yeah. Yeah, nineteen points isn't bad, but I mean. 217 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. The picks are going to come. Mm-hmm. Right when Harris is back, I, I see the I see the attempts going down. He, he had 28 attempts. That's a lot in this in this offense. Jeremiah Masoli had 41. McLeod Bethel Thompson had 37. Bo had 35. Trevor Harris had 44. Matt Nichols had 20. So I mean. Yeah, 28's not a lot for the CFL, but it's a lot in that offense. You could see in week one, not really changing from 2019, and why would they with, with no. that offensive line and uh, that talent? No, there's no reason to. Yeah, able to mow you over. Yeah, exactly why 
uh, <laughs> they kept that offense the same. Montreal Alouettes, one-and-a-half-point underdogs heading to Commonwealth Stadium Saturday night. The over-under set at 48-and-a-half. These two teams splitting the season series, and a lot of Montreal's defense familiar with Commonwealth Stadium. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Usher, Money Hunter, Taekwon Glass, and the big one, Armando Sewell, back at Commonwealth Stadium. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. He he He's saying he felt disrespected by Brock Sunderland and the offer that was presented to Sewell. Um, but he maintains, hey, I was never a part of the Edmonton Elks. It's a completely different <laughs> situation there. And that defensive line in Montreal only was able to sack the quarterback 27 times. In 2019, Sewell coming from yep. the defensive tackle position. He had some nice seasons in Edmonton. He's He can rush the quarterback, which is incredible from that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he's going to be he's going to be fired up on Saturday night. Yeah. So, says he never played for the Elks, but the front office is still the same. It's the same guy that <laughs> slighted you with a contract offer. If, if he's if he's saying that he's not going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder, he's lying. Yeah, he's lying. All, all four of these guys, I think, are going to want to show out. Like, it's your former team. Uh, even with the name change, it's still your former team. Uh, these guys are going to come in, and I, I, I expect big things from the from the Montreal defense. As I mean, is to be expected. I mean, yeah, they lost John Bowman, but I mean, we saw the defense in twenty nineteen. It it was fun to watch. They were fast. Ballhawk, uh, you know, had probably the best safety to ever play the game. <laughs> ever play the game (laughs) (laughs) but i mean not not a huge turnover or well maybe a bigger a bigger turnover than we expected but i mean the guys that come in i mean they're not they're not just also rams like i mean these guys have done something in this league and i think it's going to add a veteran presence to the owls and they're going to come into edmonton and i think they're gonna they're gonna want to show that yeah maybe you should have thought a little different about us but i mean if if the defense plays like they did against Ottawa, if you're Edmonton, I mean, it, yeah. you're not going to be worrying about it too much. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a little easier to play offense against Ottawa than it is against the Sal's team. <laughs> uh, veteran defensive back Patrick Levels has been limited in practice mm. so far. I actually think that you can move the ball against Montreal. You're right. They're going to take their opportunities. They're going to try and force turnovers, but I think you'll be able to move it through the air. And just the way that this season has gone and the way week one has gone, you've seen flashes of, oh, these teams actually look like they're in mid-season form, and then the next drive, ooh, you know, <laughs> the, the no preseason is really creeping up there. I mean, when you get when you get seven two and outs in one quarter, and five of them are in a row, it's, it's <laughs> far from a great football game to watch. But do you see Trevor Harris and the Elks offense having that sort of performance two weeks in a row? Because I don't. I would hope not. Yeah, and I mean they've had that week to shake the rust. Montreal if you, has if it. They go, if they go zero and two, if they go zero and two to start the year, especially in a fourteen game season, that puts you behind the eight ball a little bit early on. They're, they can't go. They can't. They can't. 
They cannot play like they did against Ottawa. Especially in the West. Like, it is... Yeah. It's a crazy division. And, yeah, four less games. um, They're not going to want to start 0-2. You don't want to take advantage or, you know... Let that opportunity dwindle away starting the season at home uh, more mm-hmm. often than not. And as the season goes on, playing on the road more, man, you got to win those home games early on in uh, and, the season. And we we talked about it. Like, worst case scenario, out of these first two games, they have to at least get a split. This is not the way we thought they'd get a split. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that that just puts even more pressure on this game for for Edmonton. Uh, They they need this win. I think the matchup I'm watching in general is William Standback versus the Edmonton defense. Um, Shut up. (laughs) Um, Montreal has shown in the past that they really like to feed the ball to William Mm -hmm. Standback. He's a big, bruising runner. And... uh, He's going to test that Edmonton defense, I think. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, they proved it in 2019 that they're not afraid to run the ball. And Stanback makes it easier for them yeah. to make that decision because <laughs> he is able to, you know, he holds on to the ball, protects the ball, gains yards. He's a very physical runner. So, I mean, every time that he does get the ball, he wins a little bit. Because I'm just waiting for, you know, that shoulder injury or something like that to pop up, you know, just because... He's, he runs at guys. He doesn't try to run around them, it seems, a lot of yeah, the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, if he's if he's gaining four and a half yards carry, how do you not give him the ball all the time? The Especially Edmonton, on first down. The Edmonton Elks uh, have signed veteran offensive lineman Kyle Saxlid to a two-year mm-hmm. extension. And Sir Vincent Rogers uh, was one of the Elks players that has tested positive for COVID-19. The story ended up being just him... Uh, advocating for vaccine use, saying he's he's glad he got it in the spring, and uh, it was probably a big reason where he's able to have uh, mild illness right now. You can check that out mm-hmm. on his Twitter account, and hopefully he and yeah, I'm sure he will make a nice full recovery. But it's nice to see CFL players being uh being a leader in that department. Yeah, and, you know, he, like you said, he, he doesn't know what his body or what would happen if he didn't get it, right? Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. He, yeah. I think he's very thankful uh, that he did, and that also helps out with, you know, the contact race and all that stuff. If guys are vaccinated, I mean, it, it's a totally different mm-hmm. uh, totally different protocol than if they're not. So, I mean, that also that also makes a big difference in a locker room. As far as Edmonton's offense goes on the field... I want to continue to see what Mike Jones and Shy Ross are going to do. Both of these guys. Will you stop? <laughs> like to be clear, I have not seen your lineup, but it seems like every single player I bring up, <laughs> you're big on this week. But Mike Jones. Oh my god! <laughs> Mike Jones, twenty eight hundred dollars. Um. Right around that 2863, if you want to be exact. <laughs> he had the one touchdown that didn't count because of, well, he had two that didn't count mm-hmm. in week one. One was out of bounds. Another one, a chop block from offensive lineman David Beard. He averages 
Over 14. The more things change, the more they stay yeah, the same in Edmonton. Yeah, right? exactly. He averages over 14 yards a catch in his CFL career. He's always been a deep threat. Um, and obviously, the 49-yard touchdown would have upped his average even a little bit. And th- mm-hmm. they like to go his way. And Shai Ross, $2,500, seven targets in week one. I, I mean, if, if, if Trevor plus, Harris is going to... Plus a tip drill. Yeah, yeah, that that was a big one too. If Trevor Harris is going to drop back over forty times a game, there's going to be opportunity for mm-hmm. any receiver in the offense. Yeah, and I I think you know when you have that big three of Walker, Edwards, and Ellingson, they they should be getting the bulk of the targets. You would think uh, Ellingson only had five, and he didn't. He got four of them in the mm-hmm, fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but like. When you have those guys, guys like Shai Ross and Mike Jones are going to have opportunities because defenses aren't going to be uh, keying in on them as much. So that is definitely something to look at. Tavon Smith can't be forgotten. I guess he was a little bit nicked up. Didn't didn't start in week one. So so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, Ty's uh, most outstanding Canadian pick um, needs to get on the but roster. You- <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I didn't know we were doing that, and I just decided to load up on Elks that refused to take Andrew Harris. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, James Wilder Jr., I mean, if you want to talk usage. Yeah. Who led the team in targets last week? Was it him? It's James Wilder Jr. Who led the team in receptions last week? James Wilder Jr., and I make fun of Matt Nichols for throwing to Andrew Harris all the time. <laughs> Wilder had 16 points receiving alone. Yeah. Yeah. He went 10 of 12. Wow. Out of the backfield. These early games are just... You're trying to figure out how these offenses are going to run, and it does look like that offense is going to run Right through yeah. James Wilder well, I mean, Jr. I mean, when you have a guy like James Wilder Jr. who has proven in this league that he he can be a feature back and put up the numbers, that gives your offense another wrinkle. And I mean, if he if they can establish a run with James Wilder Jr., that opens up so much more in the passing game. Like they're going to be a hard team to stop on offense once it all gets to going. Once they once they get their esh together, it's going to be a completely different looking team. He has averaged 17.5 points against the Montreal Alouettes in his CFL career. It should be mentioned that Armani Edwards has been questionable at practice uh, for the, or limited at practice for the Edmonton Elks as well. There goes your third string quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. Trouble in Edmonton. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The last game of the week, Saskatchewan. And at Hamilton, the line has been updated as of recording. The Ticats, one-and-a-half-point underdogs, going to Mosaic Stadium. It's the, the new stadium that they've never won at in its, in its young history. The Riders uh, and the total point over-under here is set at 45-and-a-half. These two teams mm-hmm. evenly matched in 2019. They split the season series. Hamilton scoring 42 points in the two games. Saskatchewan scoring 41. It doesn't get <laughs> any closer than that. Uh, this is pretty funny. <laughs> the Ticats had Monday off practice. Brandon Banks showed up to the facility 
did not know that there was no practice. So you're you're telling me he does not want. So is that why they get? Is that why they gave him the day off on Tuesday? <laughs> well, yeah, I wondered. Oh, he put in the extra day of work on uh, on Monday. Uh, yeah. You never want to see Brandon Banks limited at practice, but um, that's what it was. And uh, he's going to want to have, you know him. Uh, It's so funny. Any receiver puts up 73 yards in a game, you're like, ah, that's that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. When it's Brandon Banks, it's like, ah, that's about half of what you expect. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, yeah, half of what you expect. But at the same time, after that penalty, he was, he 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 just seemed not uninterested. He just seemed like he wasn't there. It's true. It's true. And that that is one knock again is that the mental game some days just goes to crap and and, and it and he's just not the same guy. Now uh the Ticats welcomed back some veterans to practice. Chris Van Zyl on the offensive line, Ted Laurent on the defensive line, Don Jackson uh at running back was practicing again. Uh but Dylan Wynn not practicing early in the week with a yeah. calf injury. But having those veterans back at practice, Van Zyl, Laurent are big. Don Jackson gives yeah. them at least some flexibility at running back. But uh, the Cats getting healthy going into Saskatchewan, they got to feel pretty good right now. Especially after the way that second half went for the Riders against BC. Uh, this is mm-hmm. definitely an offense that can put up real big numbers real fast uh van zyl coming back you know at, gives them a that veteran on at right tackle that is gonna help like having chris van zyl unless it's against willie jefferson does not hurt your does not hurt your <laughs> offensive line anyone against think willie. Any, it doesn't matter who you line up against willie jefferson it's not gonna help you um you know and ted laurent comes back but dylan Wynn goes down like so that, that's kind of a one for one there and yeah and, i mean don't don't underestimate the impact of Dylan Wynn on that defensive line. Like the guy, the guy hits hard. Sometimes he steps over the line, but you know, te, but Ted Laurent coming back that that's nothing to shake a stick at. And like you said, the flexibility of having Don Jackson back uh, if he does play, I mean, they're they kind of have a a glutton of of running backs right they now. They do, yeah. Uh, but is somebody going to take? Is somebody going to come in and and take that job? Like I mean. Yeah, Sean Thomas or anything was a feature back in the offense. Uh, it was really hard to establish a run against against that Winnipeg defense. But if you have a guy like Don Jackson, if Sean Thomas Arlington doesn't, you know, isn't able to establish that run game early or get going, how how quick of a trigger finger does Orlando Steinhauer have to go to a veteran who's who's played in this league? That 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 is a worry. Brandon Banks Limited was only uh they only had it listed as an illness. So some Nyquil and yeah. he'll he'll be good to go uh set, like set Nyquil, Advil and maybe some Rob A535 <laughs> just to be safe and <laughs> good to go. I love Oh the- wait, oh no, this this isn't this isn't a slow pitch tournament. <laughs> you know what? I love the smell of A535. What about you? Oh, it's so good. Yes. It is so good. Underrated Like when scent. I go to slow pitch, I don't throw. I don't warm up. I just rub A five three five all over my shoulder and my and my and my arm and I just go to go pitch go pitch. That that's Ty's version of a Saturday night cologne, just throwing on some A five three five and uh I, Oh yeah, picking up cougars at Eddie's. 
<laughs> I was waiting for the rider practice report because I wanted to see if William Powell was on it. <laughs> Not on it. Um, is he going to see so... consistent usage? This stems back to 2019. A completely different offensive coordinator, to be fair. Yeah. To be fair. I mean, <laughs> he... Uh... He's a back that deserves consistent uses. He could go off mm-hmm. and score three touchdowns any given week, but I you you're up thirty-one to six and you stop giving him the ball. It didn't make doesn't make sense. And then you almost lose that football game. There's no reason that William Powell, unless he's banged up, shouldn't be getting twenty to twenty-five carries a game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> There's, like it's embarrassing. Um, Braden Linius had his uh, first touchdown last week, got a little excited, threw his ball into the stands. Well, that family's giving it back, so that's pretty cool to see. I'm sure... Uh, soft, soft. I'd be I'd be asking for the world. So, so Ty, the, the Riders want a game ball back. What's your negotiation? Like, I'm starting at free pierogies for the rest of the season. I want my, I want my season tickets paid for. <laughs> Playing hardball. How, how much? How much does this ball mean to you? Like, if you catch, if you catch somebody's five hundredth home run ball, I'm not just, I'm not getting a bat. <laughs> I love it. I'm getting what I want. I get, I'm getting what I want, or I'm selling the thing. I love it. I love it. Um, there's no I. There's no I. There's no I in team. <laughs> I, I ain't on the team. Last time I checked, I don't have to abide by their rules. <laughs> now, if if you go on CFL.ca and you look at the stats and you sort uh, by leading passers, you're gonna not see BC Lions at the top of the list. But when you combine Riley and Rourke, it was almost yeah. 400 yards passing. You can pass on the riders, and I get that uh, the Lions were down, so they had to basically just pass every single play. But, I mean, Nick Nick Marshall going after the ball instead of just, you know, wrapping and tackling on a, on a pass. Lucius Parafoy not knocking down a ball that he was between the ball and Durant. Uh, Ed, Ed Ganey making misses. Like, I mean, what? I, I don't understand what happened in that second half. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Marshall just letting Lucky Whitehead walk around him and get behind him for a 75-yard touchdown. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. He seems to be all or nothing. Like, he already leads yep. the Ryder franchise history in pick sixes. Or he, he's tied yeah. tied for the most, and he's only 35, 36 games into his career. Or gets burned. And, and I know yep. Braylon Addison has not played yet um that'll be big um he's not on the injury report and neither was Devere Posey I mean if mm. if they got a full strength Ticat receiving we, we talk, core we talk about Toronto's receiving core <laughs> um yeah if they're full strength Those- going into Mosaic Stadium with the way the secondary did against BC I mean yeah, <laughs> they might be able to put up some yards here. Yep, and it won't be pretty if you're a Ryder fan. There's no reason that Hamilton can't come in and put up 400 yards through the air if the if if the secondary looks like it did against 
Mike Riley who could not throw the ball and a rookie starter. Like there there was nothing there was nothing good about that second half. It's it's kind of the opposite situation of uh, Edmonton, right? Saskatchewan got the win they were mm-hmm. supposed to. Now yeah. m- maybe a little bit of cushion because <laughs> the the cats aren't going to be very happy. Uh, but starting the season on the road, it is the situation that they're in, and they're definitely yeah. gonna 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 want to get a win because Toronto starting that season, uh, their season with a win. Uh, they don't like to see the Argos ahead of them in the standings at all. No, uh, that is one thing that they will not stand for. Uh, <laughs> but imagine, imagine if both the Argos and the Ticats receiving cores are healthy going into Labor Day. Whoa. <laughs> How fun <laughs> will that Monday be? Yeah. That'll be a game to watch at Tim Hortons both, Field. Both those games, when you have when you have Calgary's, yeah. if, you, if Calgary's healthy and Edmonton's out, like oh my god, I can't wait. All right, let's uh, let's talk about our fantasy lineups quickly. Look, here's my lineup with Nathan Rourke at quarterback. I might change it, but I don't think I will. Subject, subject to change. I, I'm I'm not sure I will. Nathan Rourke, quarterback, $2,500. My running backs, James Wilder Jr. and Brady Oliveira. My my two receivers, Kamar Jordan and Darrell Walker. My flex, <laughs> Jalen Acklin. Maybe he's not as effective this week with Addison and Posey getting back into the lineup, but at my flex, I, I think I'm okay with that. My defense, the Calgary Stampeders. My money left, okay, okay. 200 bucks. You started... Nathan Rourke and the, the Stamps defense. Yeah. <laughs> they are working against each other. I realize it. Do, do you? No, look, it's now there's a lot of people that will go zero defense. I, I'm basically. Which is cheating. I'm basically going zero quarterback. If he gets anything over five points, I'm th- I think I'm happy. The defense is going to outscore Nathan Rourke. Now that is a prop bet. Nathan Rourke <laughs> or the Calgary Stampede Fan- defense. Fantasy-wise, <laughs> fantasy I'm not saying that they're going to put up 21 points on defense. I know I know what you're saying. Pitt, you're, combi- you're combining what I'm swapping. I'll take that bet. Okay. Nothing on the line, but uh, somebody keeps score uh, listening to two and out. I'll take Nathan Rourke over the Calgary defense and I am starting them both. I don't care. Ty, what's your lineup looking like? Uh, so the one, the one person you didn't mention, McLeod Bethel Thompson <laughs> is my starting quarterback. Uh, Stan Beck, Oliveira at the running back position, Mayala Collins Jr. And Mike Jones, uh, wide receiver and flex and the stamps D. Cause I mean, how do you not, if they're going up against a quarterback who is either in a second career start or doesn't have an arm. And with the changes in Winnipeg secondary, I, I think you can pass on them because you're not going to run on mm-hmm. them. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you wouldn't think. <laughs> Passing is uh, probably the best one to do. And if McLeod Bethel Thompson, he's the, the cheapest starting quarterback other than Nathan Rourke, it, you, it's tough to pass up that value. Yeah, and he's got receivers. So Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Who led the league? Who led the league last year in touchdown passes? McLeod Bethel Thompson. Hmm. Macbeth. Who are you picking to uh, win the games? 
Uh, I have the Stamps, the Bombers, the Owls, and the Tie Cats. Stamps, Bombers, Elks, Cats. Ooh. For me, uh, like like we were saying earlier, the uh, Edmonton needs a win here. They don't want to start the season 0-2 at all. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Shift by Alberta Innovates. Our province is a hotbed of innovation. Now in season two, Shift's hosts, Katie Dean and John Hagen, put the spotlight on Albertan innovators working to improve the world one ripple at a time. Here's a taste of the Shift podcast by Alberta Innovates. Make Shift by Alberta Innovates your next podcast binge. Join us as we take a deep dive with the people that are driving Alberta's 21st century economy. These global movers and shakers are working to solve today's challenges, create new opportunities, and build a healthy, sustainable, and prosperous future for Albertans today and for generations to come. Just when you think you know all about Alberta, we're here to shift your perspective. I don't know if I could stress this enough. We have a top three institution in arguably the most important technology in the entire world right now. We will prove a lot of people wrong by coming out of this even stronger. And the way we will do it is by finding ways to help businesses be cash flow positive and by willing to you know, find the ways that we can help. We're just starting to scratch the surface. And I mean, Calgary just this uh, last month announced the fact that they broke their record again for venture capital investment. And some of this is in fintech, some of this is in a whole bunch of different areas where we originally didn't even you know, have these types of core industries in Alberta. We have diversification in our DNA. We just have forgotten about it. Sincerely, we are blessed in Alberta to have all the infrastructure that we do have. Tune in to Shift by visiting shift.albertainnovates.ca or your favorite podcast app. I want uh, to end the show by wishing a very happy birthday. My dad turns 70 tomorrow. Ty, you're celebrating a birthday this weekend as well, buddy. So happy birthday yeah. to you. Th- thank you, sir. Uh, I get to move camps on either my birthday night or the night or the morning after. Uh, I'm hoping the morning after so that my boss doesn't try to rope me in into going for beers because I do not want to be hungover on Sunday. <laughs> now, I was also going to ask what's on uh, the birthday menu in camp. Uh, I don't know. Thursday night is steak night here, so I don't know what's going to be Saturday. Uh, I might go into town and treat myself to Subway. <laughs> I want to mention that Monday's show is going to be a little bit different. Uh, There's a new book coming out September 1st, The Year of the Rocket. Of course, Rocket Ismail, the 1991 Argos, the 30th anniversary of that Grey Cup is coming up uh, this November. And uh, Mm -hmm. I take a deep dive into that Argos team and that Grey Cup with the author of The Year of the Rocket, Paul Woods, that will come out on uh, Monday. Uh, Ty, I actually think you're going to like that one, too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Uh, So, yeah, we won't have our usual game recap and all that stuff uh, that we normally put out Monday morning, but uh, I will uh, be able to post some stuff if people want to see the numbers from week two uh, on the website. Awesome. And we'll we'll tweet out the link and all that stuff, too. Awesome. 2andout.ca is where you want to go. You want to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcatcher. 
Tell your friends, too. <laughs> Enjoy week two, and we'll talk T- to you t- soon. Tell your friend. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this show, you can't have a lot of it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.